<laughs> All right, welcome to the high. What are we calling it? High Mark. <laughs> high Mark, baby. Is that welcome not taken? To the high Mark podcast episode two. We have Alex Flanagan, Tyler, aka Howard Flanagan, and myself, Jesse Carstairs, where we're talking about tomatoes, tomato sauce, the lack thereof in certain countries. Yes. We're talking about Indians, Comanches, Sioux. We've been talking to me about French riots and social security. Should we be changing the age? Ooh, yes, exactly. Maybe it's time. We're going to talk about all of this good stuff. Oh, dude, the social security, that can definitely get me going. For sure. And I'll just jump right into it. I don't know why the Democrats or the Republicans just don't nut up come together and say, we have to come up with something different because it's not working. Right. Back in 2015, when I was in college, not 2015, I'm not that young, 2005, freshman year, Mm. four people had to pay for one. Mm. It took four people paying in to pay for one person receiving funds from Social Security. That was fucking 20 years ago. Right. 20 years ago. Who knows what that number is now? We have, we've had both political parties, both our Democrats and Republicans, collectively dip into Social Security. So when you're stealing from the piggy bank, you can't expect that it's going to be taking care of everybody. Um, but exactly. also, I would get rid of it because it's never been the intent of the government to actually take care of the people. We're not here. The government was never intended to be our babysitter post post work. There was a time, there was a period in time where we would take care of ourselves through savings, which our country doesn't have a savings, but the American people used to be big savers. Yeah. And there used to be a period of time where kids actually took care of their parents financially, but it it was a cultural thing. And then the government comes out with Social Security, we're just going to take care of you. It's just, I wouldn't just cut it cold turkey because we do have people yeah. like both of our parents who have paid in. So I'd do some sort of age. If you're under 45 or 40 or 38 or 27, whatever was agreed on collectively and mathematically worked out, I'd be like, we got to go to a different system. We got to buck up, put our working boots on and actually save and invest for our future so, as individuals. So that would be the alternative in that case, though, just to save. I would essentially, because of the factors of inflation and uh, other such things, just the cost of living increases that are some are manageable, some just aren't. And um, uh, probably the pension funds is like a good alternative at this point Mm -hmm. for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But then scale that up to actually all the Social Security funds would be put towards um, a combination of stocks and bonds and you hold Mm -hmm. them until a certain time or you get penalized. Um, as we do now, uh, I think uh, that's probably a good solution and probably better than and probably earn a better return than the current social thing, which is at a huge deficit. Um, yeah. we, just, we just spend it before we even have it. And then the, it's, uh, it's like a credit card is what they're using it in the government right now for. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, people are notoriously bad at planning for their future. Uh, that's why the systems are everywhere, but, um, they, they, there could be better ways to do it. I think there's no, there's no doubt about it for sure. Anything's better than what we got going now, I'd say. And, Ooh, it's a spicy take. I mean, this is going to fire people up. If you say, give us social security, even politicians can't fucking say that. Like even (laughs) (laughs) they're they're scared. So there's, there's two things. One, historically Americans used to be savers. 
it's just today we're not savers because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And then, we're consumers. Dude, I always, yeah. I always think that there's more, more pieces to solving a puzzle than just what I said. So right. like how he was saying inflation, we got to fix the money problem mm-hmm. because it shouldn't be so expensive to live with well, technology. Yeah. We can, we can definitely manage it, but living down and yeah. the quality of living yeah. up. And we haven't been doing that due to the expansion of the currency supply. Money printing accelerates that, inflation, yeah. but there's never been anything that arrests inflation altogether. They've yeah. tried literally executing people in the past. It literally, there's nothing that can like just the me- mechanisms of supply and demand and requirements. And uh, sometimes the field is uh, productive and sometimes it's not. There's just so many inputs uh, that uh, inflation's never been able to completely arrest. But one thing that accelerates it beyond all reason, usually destroying the country, is money printing. So I'll say mm-hmm. definitely like money printing is, money printing is the core of inflation growth, but it's definitely, you won't be able to arrest it altogether. And so since you can't arrest it altogether, your best bet is to invest it in productive means, such as the stocks of more efficient companies that can put that money to better use and give you a little return back in the form of a dividend yeah. or a stock return uh, to keep ahead of it. But you can definitely reduce the amount of which it's growing for sure by stop printing so much freaking money. That's for damn sure. But yeah. you, you the, can't stop to it. The pensions, to the <clears throat> pensions, Alex, I would actually be someone who said you can't do state-funded pensions. I would leave that only to the private sector because mm. private companies, used to do pensions because they actually could understand where their profits were going to be. And if they couldn't pay, they would go out of business like Kodak. Kodak used to give everyone a pension. Right. Everyone had a pension, private company. But now a state, when you look at California, their promised and unpaid pensions in the state of California equals to $48,000 per fucking person in that state. Right. It's crazy. Because they're a state that's going to promise you X amount, six figures when you're retired in all and these state-level yeah. jobs. Promising yeah. money amounts on uh, yes. yeah, uh, it, uh, on company returns <laughs> is a risky game. <laughs> now, maybe there's a state like North Dakota who their pensions are fine and everyone is okay. But it's not the case in California. It's not the case in New York, New Jersey. So there, that has to be something that is looked at as well. For sure. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I have uh, no objection to whether it's a state or private. Uh, honestly, it's more of an alternative to the current Social Security way of forcing yeah, people. Yeah. It's more of like my, my point is essentially, I guess, uh, people are so bad at planning for the future that we have to have some mechanism of trying to force them to save for their future. And, mm-hmm. and one would be private pensions. And that is exactly yeah. what the companies in the past did. And um, there's a, a consensus emerging uh, uh, amongst most people is now that we've had so much time pass when it first happened, of course, they promised us getting rid of the pensions would be better. But in time, I think uh, the workers were, a lot better off when they got uh, full full security job security instead of this um what's it called now where you have like five jobs and none of them have any health care or anything and you're just like yeah, floating yeah. around <laughs> you know and uh, in the rat race man yeah and no pension no security no community that grows from being yeah. like if i work at ford plant for a long time and i get do a good job and i get my pension i feel invested in the community i want to take care of my neighborhood i want to these kind of things where now it's just like I got five jobs and blah, 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 whatever. Dude, and thinking of 
speaking of Ford and take home, you got to think when Henry Ford was paying guys um, $5 a day, they got to keep 100% of that $5 a day. Right. And to us, we just, we don't even like correlate, five, oh, well, it's $5 a day. And it's like, well, when you look at that they were getting paid $1.25, we'll just say an hour, mm-hmm. and it was actual silver and what that silver is worth today, yeah. it's like they were making pretty good freaking money, and they got to keep 100% of it. And For sure. due to the cost of goods, you only needed one income in that household. Yeah. So obviously there's something wrong with the money. Yeah, it's become a when meme at this can point. Barely yeah. may make it with two income households. Seriously. Yeah, company profit margins in in pursuit of things. Uh, they also did have worse returns relative to today, uh, like say Apple and stuff. But uh, the uh, I think that's where the moral comes in. I don't necessarily think the government should force their hand, but also uh, pay your workers if you want them to be better part of the community. You need to provide them with a pension, a stable job, uh, a stable opportunity. If uh, they're throwaway and you just throw money at them until you don't need them anymore, then the, it's a reciprocal relationship. And I think we've all gotten to this case where the money is the only thing that matters, not the community and not building up yeah. any of these things. And we don't want to force the companies to reduce their profit because they're going to take, obviously, they're going to not going to be able to make as much profit if they have to pay out pensions. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. right? So they, they, it hits their bottom line. But at the same time, you had a better quality of life uh, overall for the community and for each individual worker. Uh, there's a consensus, I think, over time emerging that that was a better a way to do it. Um, but um, in pursuit of Chinese manufacturing profits, we let all the gates off and just yeah. you know move it all over there and uh, at any cost uh, possible. They don't pay them pensions over there, so we're not going to be able to compete with that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, they work them so hard they jump off the bridges. <laughs> we don't want our people to jump off any bridges. But Alex, I I remember you speaking once about the increase in the average wage versus the increase in the CEO salary across the United States. When you right. remember that, you're going to have to pump that in. For sure, but things also, like that. Yeah, those, yeah. those correlations are different than back then. Yeah, so that's also another reason why they had lower margins and lower, uh, you know, but in return, you got you know, a stable community, good workers that loved their company, you know, the wave the flag of Ford instead of it's just some throwaway thing, like meaningless. My job is meaningless kind of thing. And back in the day when those companies were paying out that and they might have had smaller margins, and even if they were paying pensions, they probably weren't paying as much in different variations of taxes too. They weren't paying yeah. payroll taxes. Mm-hmm. The tax they burden paying, was much different. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. They weren't paying health care penalties if they didn't pay someone's health care. I mean, there were so many other costs that they did not incur, which allowed them to do those things, like the high wages and pensions. For sure, yeah. Those two forces are pushing on each yeah. other. Uh, when the companies go overseas, less taxable revenue, they raise it and crumb up with new taxes to try to squeeze as much as they can. The two before you know it were up, uh, way upside down, and uh, but to also to clarify, of course, you know the conditions in China are improving, um, but of mm-hmm. course, as we know, I just was referring to Foxconn where they did install suicide nets in the buildings yeah. to prevent the people from jumping yeah. down. That's what I'm referring to. But of course, I was just using, I was just exaggerating. But uh, they, 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 uh, you know, we 
even just in population, we can't really compete on the labor market if we're going to try to pay our workers the same as China. For us, we need to find a way to provide a great quality thing at our wages, you know, and that's the real trick. And and it's going to take both tax reform and just, you know, Social Security reform and many other things, right. for sure. Well, I think, yeah, monetary. Mm-hmm. Monetary because... reform, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people would mind paying such high taxes if things actually got done in a sense that they do like in the yeah. Netherlands and, you know, that's the most frustrating had, thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. good yeah. education and we actually had good, you know, everything, good infrastructure and everything, then it wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think, you know, to pay. Perhaps Ty, this would account, help too better because yeah. then me just putting up this screen, but if you could just search um, uh, federal budget pie chart and, uh, and put it on the screen, or if you could, Jesse, this is a really good indicator of and why we have like major ticking time bombs that need reform. And everyone's just like, yeah, it's cool, bro. So the blue, as you see here, is Medicare, Medicaid of our federal budget. The next one is in the big the big red is Social Security. And the yellow is uh, the basically our military spending. Okay. So the, the top three and actually the military spending is dwarfed by Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security. So while everyone does go on about the med- military spending and it's, it's definitely high, you know, for our G- it's not crazy for our GDP, but it's a lot. Um, it's not what's sucking up all the money by not even close. And, not even and close. you know what is crazy is when you tell people on one certain political spectrum, we'll just say the left, right. that how much more we spend on Medicare and Medicaid than military they never believe it yeah it's, it's they're like no it's no and you could literally like, like how you like could demonstrate you if you literally quickly look <laughs> you could search four words on google and you could get your answers if you wanted if you wanted yeah. to, uh, to know the I answer mean, don't get me wrong this might offend some people on the right if i was president i would be making military cuts as well for that budget hell of a lot and Medicaid, Medicare, but also in military. Yeah. Because I don't think and this is where I, realistic there, yeah. This is where I disagree with Trump's approach is if we lean on NATO more and get them to spend more, but actually tighten and strengthen the alliance, then our actual our direct military spending can go down. Germany is yeah. a massive major power and drastically underspends its GDP amount that it should. Because right. of those, you know, there's something in the past that they have the thing. <laughs> and so as a result, though, they're like phobia about military spending. And uh, so we call them out regularly. But if they even just went to the agreed GDP amount, we could we could let off the gas that much. Mm-hmm. So it would they make great tanks they make great weapons, blah, blah, blah. blah. So do you think we'd yeah. actually do that, though? Do you think we'd ever actually let off the gas if we had if we didn't have were forced to? The know? politicians is one thing. But it, if yeah. we were actually strategically smart, that would be the game is right. is make NATO yeah. stronger and have everyone on the board. And then we could let off our actual our individual nation amount uh, of mm-hmm. spending is what I'm referring to. Uh, then yeah. the NATO would still be just as strong, but without uh, and still we still, still don't have to worry about China's rapidly expanding fleets and everything. But we could not right now we have to if we're going to carry the main burden against a rapidly expanding China's fleet, then we have to keep spending more. And so more of that budget needs to keep being in the yellow. So that sucks. And we don't want that. We don't want that situation. Harry but, Truman yeah. warned us against the military industrial complex. So I'm going to say sure. it will never happen. Unless we somehow cleaned shop in the House and the Senate. Right. The the political part of it. 
and, and you're totally right. I agree. The, the reality would be that Germany spends their GDP and we're still spending as much. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, that's probably it. But in theory, we could, if we were strategic thinkers, we could, uh, we could, we could maneuver it. Absolutely. Yeah. In return though, this is how much gets spent on things that are pretty important. The entire federal budget, 3% on education, food and agriculture, 4%, transportation, so all of our road networks, 4%. So since Medicare and Medicaid, Social Security, and military are taking up so much of the budget, we only have enough to allocate 3% to education. That's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Like if you told those stats to like an alien visiting the planet and they were right. like, yeah. We spend three percent of our total GDP on this. It's like energy so infrastructure. Like, oh, that's why you're so dumb. Yeah, oh, that's why the world is <laughs> uh, energy infrastructure. Yeah. So we could we could spend a whole bunch of money on just even existing making the existing coal plants better, the existing energy production plants better, yeah. the transmission lines to and from the major cities, blah blah blah. Well, it sure would be a lot easier if we spent more than 1% of the federal budget on energy infrastructure. <laughs> so, like, Jesus. Uh, 1% Jesus. on housing, uh, 3% on uh, international or education, and 1% on science research, research and development, and 1% on the labor force. So hmm. abysmal. I mean, these are ones. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the veterans. So all the veterans get separated from Social Security and Medicare. And they actually take up 4%. So even that, I would be all for increasing that to a good 8%, yeah. give these guys yeah. lush, lush lives. Yeah. But we only spend 4% right now on the veterans because uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and everything else is swallowing everything available. So yeah. that needs right. massive reform. The real pension should be for our vets. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh that's 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 the that's the, the thing. I, I don't know if you could put on the screen, but it's easier to see that if you if one of you guys could than me trying to explain it, but it, it just shows goes to show like um, when I when I read articles, uh, people are like, we really need major reform on Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, because it's going to swallow the federal budget. It's going to that. Yeah. Uh, what what are the when you think of those things and those costs, what is kind of correlated with that age, basically, right? And what is the United States doing overall? Aging. So the the size of that budget is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And without reform, we're going to spend not 3% on education, 1% on education, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the largest population, mm -hmm. largest group, the boomers are only getting older and older and older. Yeah. With no reform, no reform on the system that's supposed no. to provide them with resources. And I said 1% on energy. One, uh, literally, uh, uh, yeah, one percent on energy infrastructure. Yeah, would be so one percent. So, like, you could you could even just take the existing plants, invest way more into the getting better energy actually delivered to the actual endpoint right now. So we have like these old ancient fiddly fucking power lines and shit. Like, you could build better power lines if you had the yeah. money. And these, that's the kind of thing that I think governments could are useful for is that kind of thing. And then, yeah. uh, but instead they they were spending one percent of that. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, on that so it's in it sorry uh, howard go i was just gonna say it's crazy that we invest all this money into infrastructure and yet we still on top of that have to pay for energy because our infrastructure is so poor and we can't you know 
produce that much energy to like. And, and that, that does actually, yeah. when you're talking about the costs rising, uh, imagine if the infrastructure is aging, it's more expensive. It yeah. de facto becomes more expensive to ship the same amount of energy right. through those same aging lines. So this is exactly where one of those were like, we could reduce the cost for everybody and therefore yeah. lower That's those more. pressures on everybody by just uh, spending more on infrastructure, but they literally don't have it. It's not in the budget when Medicare needs 2% more next year. So yeah. And if we actually did real reform, Mm -hmm. budget reform, like, dude, I wish they made me president. I'd just go in there and fucking people would hate it. You're fired. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) fired. If we actually really put money towards our energy structure, we could have energy at zero. Yes. We could literally make it, we could really push it i mean we could push it way closer than it is right now like way closer Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's absurd one of the it's a complicated thing but at least one of those is that been tracked to be that the insurance mechanisms that bill the medicaid is a really crooked upside down system and it's also protected by laws so it's not easily changeable um this insurance can essentially bill so, so the, the hospital will bill me $4 for a piece of gauze. Then the insurance company can add some premium for processing. And then that gauze de facto becomes $7 when mm-hmm. it actually gets as a bill to the Medicare. So the yep. budget ends up being a lot of this budget is to actually fuel private companies, medical companies' profits. And I'm, I'm all for profits. Um, but if you're building your third giant house off of, the me- essentially Medicare money. That's, that's our, that, that's our collective yeah. money. It's our tax money. So that needs yeah. to be strictly reformed. That's, that's not acceptable. Oh, it is so crazy <clears throat> that there are actual laws out there that Alex, let's say you are a physician, Ty, you're a patient. Let's just say you get your big toe operated on. And by law, Alex cannot tell you that product a if you buy it, bought it through him directly with cash, is one dollar. Mm-hmm. He cannot tell you that, but if it goes through your insurance, it's ten dollars. No bullshit. Right. Thousand percent markup. By law, he can't tell you. Well, if you just pay us with your debit card, it's only a buck. But if it's going to go through your insurance, it's going to be ten dollars. And think so, of such a well-established and long-term industry as insurance. You right. really have to wonder why there's such a large Senate federal lobby of insurance. And then you mm-hmm. think, well, hmm, recently, as you're saying, now they pass laws that force doctors to choose an insurance group. And then that insurance group can force him to limit what he can uh, prescribe and who to yeah. and yes, to dude. what place. Uh, and in uh, that sense, why the do they need a people, lobby? Yeah. The insurance people become the health advisors at that point because they're, you know, allowing whatever any medication is actually accessible in that point. It's like, how how the hell did it get so screwed up we got to that point? And and I think at least part of it is where if you have lobbyists having fun and throwing millions at the senators there, essentially with enough grease, Mm -hmm. the wheel starts to turn, even if that wheel shouldn't turn. And that's where you have Mm -hmm. where doctors are making nonsensical financial decisions of, a ten dollar yeah. piece of gauze. That's like, dude, what? It's a dollar. I, I could, I could order on Amazon right now. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I've if the doctor, like, the doctor should be able to order it on Amazon. Is yeah. what I'm saying. You know, but yeah. he can't. He literally can't. They made laws. 
they lobbied him to pass laws so the doctor can't order it on Amazon. He has to order it through his Medicare-approved insurance provider who, strangely, charges $10 for that same thing. Yeah. It's bizarre. On the flip side of that, I've heard like Quicken and, you know, like the companies who are like the intermediate for those tax companies, they also lobby these senators and Congress to make these, to keep these tax laws ambiguous and kind of hard to work around so that they can continue as the middleman in that sense. And in, in, in a balanced flow, I, this is my approach with lobbying is like, if it's a new rapidly evolving industry, then you're going to need some lobbyists and they essentially help consult for constant industry changes right. and try to guide it as best we can. Right. But mm-hmm. insurance has been around for some time yes. now there. And so get this fellas in 2022, the pharmaceutical and health products industry in the United States, spent the most on lobbying efforts, totaling to about $373 million in the Senate and the House. Insane. Dirty money. Insane. Yeah, what? Yeah. The same industry spends 46% of all the ad revenue on television. And so they're, well, they're, yeah, and in the, in the same year, so that, that's the health industry. In the same year, the insurance industry spent about 158 million U.S. dollars on lobbying in Washington. So they're, they're just pouring money into this. And then suddenly you have what comes out is laws where doctors are limited. They can't buy re- common sense shit. Yeah. So then you got to think, how much profit are they actually making? That's what I'm saying. It's like these guys, like, <laughs> these guys, it's not, they, when, when people talk about these things, they say, okay, well, if the profit margin is razor thin, okay, okay, let's let's be reasonable here. The, we're not we're not talking about a razor thin industry here, fellas. We're not talking about and that. It, this is another reason why Massive I say profits. do not have ca- capitalism, and people get offended when I say that. We have a crony capitalism. Yeah, yeah. At mm-hmm. best, it's like socialist uh, socialism for the rich, and uh, as most uh, uh, most unregulated, <laughs> ruthless capitalism as you can for everybody else. It's like it's the, most, the worst uh, of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alex, I mean, you described an oligarch where the companies are in bed with so uh, much government. So. Yes, yeah. they are making it. That's an oligarch. That yeah. is literally no different than when they say Russian oligarch. It's like American oligarch. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the just the hundreds of millions to just lobby them. We're not even talking about anything else, fellas. We're talking about them whining and dining and uh, something else mm-hmm. with that money in Washington. And then laws get passed in their favor as lobbying. And so, I don't know too much about it. How much of that lobbying is actually transparent in that sense where we see, you know, the whole process of what's being lobbied, what they're lobbying for and all that. You know, to be, honest, I, to be honest, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a very good I question. I feel like a lot of questions don't really stump Alex and I at the same time, but I don't know <laughs> that one either. That's a good question. And I'm just going to throw it out there that maybe it's probably not because a lot of politicians, uh, say, yeah, yeah. favor. I'm going to assume that it's knowing. not much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going exactly. to assume. But yeah. even that shocked me. I didn't even realize it was that amount. And and this is, and again, like, let's say it's a fast moving industry like AI and they're trying to get some guardrails and stuff up. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, maybe some lobbying is going to be required on both yeah. sides, but uh 
Pharmaceuticals and insurance have been around for a while. I don't see the need for $158 million to be poured into Washington at this stage yeah. to get laws uh, passed in regard to the insurance exactly. industry. That's and not even if it's Even if it's AI and getting lobbying, it's who's paying for the $158 million? Yeah. VC firms, angels, startups, they can't afford that. Right, yeah. right. So a couple million, yeah, I get it because you are trying to be like, okay, how can we work in this space? How can we be – Yeah all coherent where government's not getting mad at us, SEC's not getting mad at us, and we're not going to wait for a doom and gloom thing to happen because there is the anomaly chance that someone can use AI for terrible, terrible things. Stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But they ain't paying 100, what was it, 58 million? Bucks. 158 million just in 2022. This is per year, yeah. fellas. Yeah. This is the year. So... Wow. And then you wonder, you go to get your insurance and it's so insane and it's gone up 20% since a year and a half. And you're wondering why and how and and what, what, why the cost? And then boom, you look at there, well, they're pouring 158 of their return right into Washington to further strengthen their position, uh, essentially. Or, yeah. or they price you out of your plan. You yeah. can have a plan that you love. And they'll just keep raising the price so much on you that you mm -hmm. can't afford it anymore because that plan was too good to where it didn't cost enough and it did them no favor. So they'll price you out of your plan. And it literally happened to me. With a very easy Google search, we essentially found that a lot of the costs of why our plans keep pricing us out is because they're taking hundreds of millions of it and dumping it in Washington to further, not even for like, oh, cool, they're doing R&D to fix Alzheimer's or something. You put 150, <laughs> you put 158 million per year into Alzheimer's research. Awesome, dude. Okay, cool. That's why my premium's going up. But no, it's to go to Washington is why, uh, at least part of it, maybe not all of it, but it's part of it, undoubtedly. Yeah. So I'm sure both of you can get the sense. Both of you guys can get the sense from me that I've never been the biggest fan of big pharma, but I still want them to be able to make profit for R&D because right. they are going to develop something at some time where I'm like, fuck yeah, that helps so-and-so's grandma legitimately right. Absolutely. and didn't give her crazy anal leakage. For sure. Um, you know, there's always they those side effects and a leakage let's improve that side. also i'll, I'll be willing to spend a couple hundred million then they give you the pill to fix the symptoms and then yeah, okay, those, those pills have symptoms and then you gotta get yeah. take the pills to get the symptoms of the symptoms. Yeah, but so 158 is, mil would be worth it if i could reduce the anal leakage you know so there you go that's <laughs> worth it all right yeah i mean my point is i don't want to prevent any company from making profit or say that big pharma goes away just because i say so right I want them to have R&D money. I do. For I, sure. I legitimately want Big Pharma to have R&D money. And that is but, kind of at the core of that like 300% CEO kind of distortions of the thing mm -hmm. is not like 158 of it that should be going to R&D is not. And I think right. that's more the problem, not necessarily that we don't want to totally force them out of profits, mm -hmm. but the way they're allocating yeah. it currently is also – incorrect and distorted and is not market optimum mm -hmm. by any means yeah. this this is literally i mean essentially what lobbying is though is you're setting the rules of your game instead of trying to compete with the game and trying to make the game as fair as possible and then compete fairly in the game you're essentially paying a ton of money to make the game unfair so you de facto can't be competed against 
And so thereby uh, they're uh, taking money that should be optimum towards the market and research and is literally to, to favor the game Soviet Union style so that they literally have a command control of that industry. And uh, usually innovation all but arrests when one company has domination over one field, you know. And so we want a competitive – we want yeah. multiple pharmaceuticals and they're, a bunch of money's going into their R&D and they're competing on Alzheimer's pills. That's op- that's market optimum capitalism to me. This is not. This this is not. Mm-hmm. This is um, yeah. uh, this is uh, this is them gaming the system to gain an advantage where they can't be competed against. That's not what I want my premium to go for. And like you said, I'll, I'll be willing. I'd be willing to withstand. Like you said, a lot of us we willing to withstand price increases if it wasn't being allocated like this. If it yeah. was for the uh, in a leakage fill or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, or for roads me, or whatever. Yeah. Let me grab a drink. I'll be right back. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, these things just can lead to rabbit holes of so many other avenues connected because there's so much intertwined in our government. Versus this was just one thing, one fix, next thing, yeah. that fix. It's like, well, there's a lot of entanglement. I was thinking the same thing. It's like all this kind of stuff that we're talking about boils down to just efficiency in our government and you know correct allocations of things in that sense because like if our government was more efficient in the way it did stuff just on the most basic levels i feel like a lot of this stuff would kind of be alleviated there's just so much stuff my efficient government is a very small government that is intended to protect its people yeah now there have been benefits historically where governments will subsidize something like they started to subsidize airplanes, air travel. And then private companies came in and they took over and mastered air travel. Right. So there are things where governments come in, they'll subsidize space travel. And then it's private companies come in and they master space travel. Right. So there are times where there have been historically benefits for people the government has subsidized because who wants to be the first private company who's going to invest in all these airplanes to make air travel mm-hmm. and possibly lose their fucking ass? Nuclear. No one really wants to do that. Right. And they're, and usually they're unprofitable. Like the numbers just don't add up. So they'll have the best yeah. accounts and they're like, the numbers just don't add up. Mm-hmm. That's when government can pour money and we still get research on it. We still get development on it, but mm-hmm. there's not any profit to be made for a while. Right. Yeah. And then private companies come in because Right. There's a lot of legwork research. And then through now taxes, through quality of living, standard of living going up because of this th- these things. Good paying jobs you know, from it. Yeah, it, yeah mm-hmm. there's so much that it can't create. So there are little things that I do believe the government should be doing. Um, I don't believe we should have no government, but we, they're fucking so big. They are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's ballooned and ballooned and ballooned, and then the the lobbies are just pouring money while it balloons <laughs> and the money, and so it's just it's just a self feedback thing that's absurd. Um, and I think I need to do research on this, but this is a very interesting thing too, and kind of speaks to what um, part of what our show is about is um, uh, that there needs to be other counterweights than just profit in a society. Uh, to make it healthy, to make it balanced. Like everything, it needs 
it needs balance. And because what I mean is, is the CEO to worker compensation ratio in the 1965 is when it was at its best uh, range. And from what I understand, from 65 to now, there's never been any laws to force the CEO. So there wasn't a law back then. They did it because it was more morally correct. It, it created they they believed it created a better community, better workers, better etc. Right. So the CEO to worker compensation ratio was 21 to uh, one. In 1965, so essentially your CEO got 20 times more than you did. Uh, uh, now we are at 351 to, to one. Yeah, so yeah. they have 351% to the average worker in the same company. Uh, these are those things where these distortions happen and there's nobody forcing the government, you know, there's nobody forcing their hand. But for some reason, the morality of being acceptable to pay one person 300 times more than, than, than the average worker and uh, that's where nobody is going to convince me that these CEOs are working 300 times more than a high-level manager at Apple or Google or any of these companies or Exxon or any of them. It doesn't even matter which one it is. Um, or are they working their ass off? I, I, that, I have no doubt. The CEOs, they, they probably live and die and breathe their company. I get that 100%. But so do all those middle of managers, and they're not making that much. They're nowhere near that. And most of those workers are putting a lot of their lives into these jobs. And uh, 20, 20 to 1 sounds a lot more better for everybody than the 301 distortions of the current market. And uh, But at the same time, I also don't want the government to have to forcibly impose a 20 to 1 on it. That's, what's, right. so, that's what's so frustrating about, I think, the time we live in is we have this moral decadence and moral distortions. But um, we don't want to have the government to have to be the dad or whatever to come in and mm -hmm. say – just do what you should just do the right thing in the first fucking place and pay the guys a fair wage and pay yourself a fair wage. Uh, instead they have five houses and the average worker can't afford one. And then th there's a, they're all upset and everyone's all turned around and highly politically charged. And we're wondering why would we get it this way? You know, it's like just a little morality would go a long way. It would go a long way and without, yeah, without so any laws, without any laws. Let's do a quick hypothetical. We take a, town a and town a actually goes back to the 1965 um, ceo to rate ratio of what was it 21 20 yeah let's just run it off 20 to 1 right 20 to 1 mm -hmm. so they go from 300 and something to 1 to 20 to 1 now all those workers have more expendable income now parents are able to probably pay more attention to their kids. Their That's kids right. aren't in after school programs running around on the streets because mm -hmm. everyone's having these jobs, maybe even two jobs each because the cost of living has gone up. You're strengthening that nuclear family, That's household, right. mm -hmm. community. Kids are being paid attention to by their parents. So they're not seeking out to other kids for things. You know, grades are going up. You're, you're just really improving the community. The more expendable income. Guess what? They're paying paying more money at all these local, right? Uh, mom and pop shops. Yeah. There's just more exchange of dollars, and exchange of dollars is really what keeps that economy really healthy. Especially yeah. ours. Ours is especially geared towards consumption, so it's like a seventy percent almost makes up the economy of consumption. So imagine if everyone had so much more to spend, the economy would be doing well. Those mom and pop shops would be doing nice, as well as like you said. You probably have your best shot at getting back to a one worker per household scenario. In that case, yeah. then the other person who it could be male or female, or whoever, but 
the important thing is they could start to actually raise their children instead of send them to a daycare. Or then them getting older and being raised by social media. um, So greedy for attention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And there's just so much on children and the connection with their parents. And if they're seeing their parents for two hours a day, right, maybe at dinner, not even having a sit down dinner because parents are so tired. And then they're just going to bed and it's repeat forever. And they actually don't have a relationship with their parents. That's not good, man. That's how you get, you know, distortions of unhealthy distortions, juvie prison systems. Like there's so much data that shows just. And that is exactly, I think at least part of what our show should be about is like, we don't want government to top down reform it, but we need to, to have other counterweights than just the profit. And we've got, I don't know where it went, where, how it happened. And we can, we should definitely analyze how these distortions began, but man, I think that scenario that you're showing just, I mean, even off the top of the hat, an easy cuff calculation can show just the material improvement of our society, our nation and our communities by these, instead of, you know, do they really need five other palaces? Can't can't just one palace be okay? You're still there's still there's so much money flowing that the CEOs are still at twenty to one. Man, they're gonna yeah. do great. They're, they're, so, it's not like they're short. You know, one thing I want to bring into this is: uh, Do you guys know the correlation of? Uh, I don't know if, how true this is, but the correlation of like psychopaths and CEOs. For sure, yeah. There's always been a correlation. In fact, I was talking on the Zoom chat today about that. And uh, that's that's always going to be the case. We should mitigate the uh, sociopath behavior as much as possible. But right. they're also the drivers. So to a degree, it's essentially a gas and brake kind of scenario where right. they they they're getter donors, but they also tend to want to control people and uh, uh, absorb power from other people. So they they often unchecked become Hitlerites. But you yeah. but uh, you know also they do drive things forward. So. Um, but man, what a tough thing to balance. And I think to a degree, obviously with the 350 to one, things have got, the gas has got, the brake is, the brakes are need to be repaired a little bit here. And I think, and I think it's, uh, a characteristic, not the right. character. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, and, and it's definitely not all CEOs. I don't want to blank. No, know, it's really not. And I think it's, but it's enough of them though. I mean, the polls are showing it's enough of them that it, that behavior tends to gravitate, but it makes sense. You want to control, manage people. You want to dominate people. That's where you, you go. Right. Empathy, you know, in well, sense. you know, I mean, well, it makes, it's logical, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, and I, like yeah. I said, I don't think they, I don't think they should medicate that out of people or somehow come up with some magical, you know, psychology to yeah. try to, you're never going to remove that. Uh, humans have been trying to compete for so many hundreds of thousands of years that it's literally within a, a an array of the population, say uh, one fifth is going to be sociopathic and high, highly driven. And one's going to be real chill and just like do whatever, you know, and that 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 and then then there's going to be an array of that range in the rest of the right. population. Mm-hmm. I think uh, to a degree and just evolutionary, just like growth and balance, that's always going to be a factor. You know, like if you take another population somewhere else, one fifth of the population is always going to be that way. It's just just nature balancing itself out like it always does. So if we accept that and learn to work with it instead of try to like, I don't know, like ADD suppress it it or something, you know, yeah, Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like something like that. That's not helpful. Yeah, I think it's ingrained in us as human beings. I mean, you look at a pack of wolves or a pack of lions, 
whoever is leading that pack got to be a little right right a little right. psychopathic going hey guess what i'm gonna be the first one to to bite this 2000 pound buffalo right right in his fucking well, ass and all the others are like back, you're crazy bro you're crazy yeah <laughs> well, like, well, we've talked about this before eat. alex we're going back into like you know the old medieval ages you wanted someone who is slightly psychopathic on that sense on your team you know for I mean? sure yeah exactly for a good you battle if the battle is uh, in the mix and you need a push to win it you have that yeah. crazy you unleash the crazy guy and he busts the hole right through the shield wall and well, there's like yeah. there's definitely yeah, a need yeah. for it evolutionarily wise so it's you know it's not something it's like a, it's those double-edged swords it's like it is right it's a double-edged unchecked. sword factor yeah absolutely so it it goes to this that jordan peterson quote a gentleman is not a good man Right, a dangerous man who has it under voluntary control mm-hmm. and used for the good and is civilized is a good man. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's again that essentially talks about the gas and the brake, and essentially in that quote, and that's what I mean. Both on the society level as well, though we do need to put the brakes on these things because three fifty to one, and it spiraled so fast that uh, these are those kind of things that guys, I, I, you guys are in your towers talking that talking to each other, saying that 350 is acceptable to one. That's not, you know, it just, it just isn't. And it's causing these huge market distortions. We're in a consumption economy. You're paying your workers less. The people who buy yeah. shit. <laughs> you're paying them less and less. It's, it's such a short term, like thought out yeah. idea. If you, if you were to give these people more money in a sense, that money would come back to you in, in some theory or something. They'll Absolutely. buy more iPhones yeah. and MacBooks. Right. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's Especially like, because yeah. Americans are so programmed to consume so much mm-hmm. and they do, you yeah. give them money, they will. And yeah. so it, it's the fact that we don't have it. <laughs> it's really, Dude, it's literally uh, putting the brakes on an economy that otherwise could even be more voracious. And uh, it's one of those things that you're just like, that's a pretty big indicator. Now, and the bigger scheme of things of the full economy, is that money like truly hugely impactful? You know, uh, when they're doing these polls, these companies are not a huge amount of the total economy. But to me, it's more of a reflection of these distortions of things that just we don't need laws but if you were just took a more healthy approach man it would help everybody like in that town you're the scenario you're talking about just it would reflect the culture done on a macro level across scale i do believe that it would have an impact because we talked about you're probably right you're probably right wanting a 15 dollar an hour like minimum wage and then next thing you know it's gonna be a 20 dollar minimum hour minimum 20 dollars an hour minimum wage and I've always said, well, anyone who understands basic business and economic fundamentals, that's not a good idea because they're yeah. entry-level jobs. But now if you actually revert back to that 1965 model of the 20 to 1, right? then it makes sense because you're just alloc- reallocating funds that are already in your business. You're not having yeah. to put that price back on the consumer yeah. because now instead of a $2 coffee, you have to give a $5 coffee to make up for that giant increase in that minimum wage Mm -hmm. but you can keep your product price the same that's the whole thing about these numbers this is money that the company's already brought in and they're reallocating it 350 to one to themselves (laughs) that's the it's like it's not like the company needs to bring more in to do uh to meet these numbers this is numbers that they've already essentially captured and what they're doing with the captured funds Mm -hmm. so that's where you're like damn like reality check fellows out there and and again i think you're right it would actually have some pretty strong knock-on effects because often i think these polls are often the top you know the big 500 companies etc etc 
And those wages, of course, we know the coders will make what, you know, anywhere from 100 to 300,000 a year, stuff like that. And that's the current structure. Imagine if we gave them a lot more, they would be spending a whole bunch more. So it, it probably has a, a disproportionate impact because they're such high earners to begin with that, um, you know, that's more that's more times that they're spending buying cars and more yeah. car salesmen's got better jobs and they're getting better pay and then they can go buy more groceries and spend more time at the movies or even spend more time at Wild Island, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so Wild like a, Island does better. It's a short-term play for them. I don't get it. Uh, Germany and uh, Japan and stuff, their manufacturing is a larger part of their overall economy than ours, but we've literally tooled ours to be consumption, and therefore it's like a big fueling machine that can fuel right. itself. But somehow we're like forgetting the main thing that if it's not geared for exports, and it's geared for consumption, then people need to consume. What do they need to do to do that? <laughs> you know? yeah, okay. It's and we don't have simple. money to consume things to do that in the first place. So. How do you consume? How do you so consume? I got something for you. I do think it would move the needle a little bit because I just looked up from 2022, there's a list of the top 200 highest paid CEOs in right. the United States. Uh, 200. That's it. 200 people 200. out of 300 million. And the number 200 sucks to be last on this list. Still makes $20 million a year salary. <laughs> $20 million a and year, it, though. And maybe, and maybe that's, that's a year. Where, like, yeah. And the, I mean, that's not a ton, but it's not bad. But then when you got guys like uh, Jeff Green, his salary is $834 million a year salary. Okay, Woo! so but, but with this, we have to keep in mind relative numbers, right? So we have to think about what they're making. So the guy making 20 million a year relative to what that company brings in could be not a lot, or it could be a, like none at all. You know what I'm saying? Like if the company's making a hundred million a year or something like that, and he's only pulling 10, then he's doing pretty good. But if the company's only making 20 million, 25 million a year, he's pulling in, 20. in total. Yeah. Then he... The relative that, yeah, you gotta, but that just, but it's a relative in the sense that that is probably a few percent of the company's total revenue. Uh, most of the time, you know, it's not, it's not yeah. going to take an enormous chunk of their total revenue because then it would cripple any company's, you know, right. operating. Yeah. So it's not even, but that's per year. So that same dude on the lowest end in five years of our lives, he made a hundred million dollars. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of things that massively distorted imagine spreading that out over 20 years he's a ceo on the, or he's a member on the board for 20 years we, we got to kind of cut that in half just due to taxes because we want to we want to make sure they're taking home a good amount that is but true too like warner uh, brothers 250 million dollar salary a year it, it is true it is there they're getting taxed heavily but essentially de facto all the americans are too so since yeah. we're all since we're all in the same boat right now with the income tax mm-hmm. we're all getting hit hammer pretty hard but they have so much more left at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is in a backdrop I mean, of uh, 2019 median income in the United States is $31,000. So if so, more or less, more accurate than the average would be the median. And that's where like most people are, you know, a lot of hum- a lot of the population is uh, sitting around is 31,000. And this dude's getting 21 million or 20 million a year. <laughs> So and he's in last on the and he's, he's the last place. Tim Cook 
Tim so, Cook yeah. only pays himself a hundred million dollars a year. Only, but yeah, and he's probably being very See, generous for how much Apple makes. Though. That's what I was going to say. That's Relative true. to Apple's numbers, that's actually really pretty decent. For sure. Because for how much Apple makes, that's, yeah. For sure. But at the end of the day, I mean, let's uh, do a little quick Zillow search. How many houses, how many palaces would a hundred million a year? Dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. How much do you need, bro? How I'll much take one million. Need? I'll take one million, dude. I, you know, like, I'll be good on one, like, dude. <laughs> Companies like Apple or even uh, the Trade Desk, which is the eight hundred million a year, they can afford that twenty to that twenty. Because then, yeah, you just have your guys starting at two hundred grand, and you're still making so so yeah. much. It's not, that that is the important thing. Yeah, you don't even have to go to twenty one. Mm-hmm. A company like Apple, it could be a hundred to one. Absolutely, and and that is the important thing to to. Uh, explain is that it's only a few percentage of the company's revenue we're not talking like these these ceos are like sucking away the company's like money just to pay themselves this only a there's so much money coming into these companies that it's only a small amount but imagine if you better allocated that amount just that alone because of how much the numbers how huge the numbers are um we gotta remember they're not the only executive how much are they paying paying their COOs? How much are they, right. they paying their CTOs? How much are they paying their, the president, the vice president? They're all still making hundreds of millions in salary a year as well with them. Yeah. They're and, not all of a sudden just making 80 grand. In, in an environment <laughs> where the median isn't like 100,000, the median is 31,000. So it's not, it'd be different if the median of the whole population of the U.S. was doing all better, much better. It's also in that we also have to, that's the other thing of that is the comparison is let's say that the overall uh, population would have a higher median, then that's more acceptable uh, for sure to pay themselves 20. But we're talking about 20 or 800 in an environment where they're making 31,000 yeah. on median. That's, that's rough, man. That's, um, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if things right. were, that's, you know, I'd be, I'd be totally better. fine with that. You know, if yeah. the median overall and everyone was much doing better. And again, the me this, these median, the 31,000, that's your consumer. That's your 70% yeah. of the economy. So you're squeezing them. So that's insane. Such a short term so, yeah, plan. I don't even know how they survive, honestly. Right. That's honestly, why the whole system is under strain. You know, and when, I, I also probably a huge contributor for why Alex, how much did uh, credit card debt, consumer credit card debt just hit? I sent you that link. It just stored past $1 trillion. $1 trillion. (laughs) And just credit card debt, just people just swiping, dude. That's it. And I think that's a part of it. (laughs) Dude, you're only making 31 and your girlfriend or boyfriend and you're living together only making 31. Sure. You guys fucking got credit cards racked up. It's deficit spending, dude, and it's and that's I think we're getting to the point of what we're saying overall is that the system's under strain. Here, fellas, is like the 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 this system of twenty million in a median thirty thousand situation. The system's under strain. This is not sustainable. This is very short term thinking. Yeah, and it's going to have a bad impact. It drives me nuts when. Not to bring family in this, but in that email thread, when I asked Dad how you, Dan, how you fix the debt, and he's like, "Well, check out the Social Security link." It's like that's fucking nothing to do with what we're trying to fix, though. That's the that's the like people want to just like make a law for it to fix it, but that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Is like it's weird and it's hard to explain, and hopefully we can explain it better over time. But 
a little bit of morality to counterweight just money in a system, in a society, in a culture, in a way of thinking, uh, needs to be kind of a counterweight sustainability. However you find your way to get there, uh, that's the hard part, obviously. But um, there needs to be something to counterweight because if it's just um, a poll, not all of them, but a lot of sociopaths hanging out with each other, telling each other, let's pay each other more constantly, and then there's no actual law pushing down on it, it's like, Mm -hmm. man – it just would be really great for all of us if they did it on their own out of doing the right thing. And it's not like it, again, we have precedents. They did it in 1965. It's not like we're talking about some theoretical impossibility here. This, they've already done that where they were like, I'm going to be reasonable and pay myself now. 20. You know? well, is it the culture that's different now? I wonder I would what say so, yeah. yeah. That's at least, that's at least part of it. It's got to be, you know, to a degree for sure. Um, Because the numbers just don't add up. I mean, again, like, let's go to Zillow, look at the most expensive real estate. Quickly, when you're talking about these numbers, like, what are they? I mean, like, there's only so much to buy. There's only so many islands you could get. There's only so many palaces that you could buy when you're making that a year in in income. So, you know, it's it's just just crazy. Yeah, we got to, I think we got to do, we got to fix the tax code as well, because we got to. The reeling government because inflation is the walking death of the indirect tax to the middle and lower class. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones sure. who hurt the most. So, I mean, and then it's like, how do we get, like you were saying, these CEOs to be like, okay, how can we take care of that? Yeah, that's Not such a good force, point. Yeah. But morally do that. And there's many. Taxes, yeah. Fix the money, man. And there's and there's many other like moral examples like that that I come across when I'm reading about economics, stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, if they did it on their own without some government mandate, then so many things would just kind of fall into place on their own without any government intervention or yeah. some other think, program that requires bureaucrats. I think that kind of uh, pokes into a deeper issue where money is kind of trumping morality on all bases. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, in my opinion, uh, everything needs a healthy balance. The universe is built on it. And in that respect, anything, including capitalism, can get too far into an unhealthy zone. It isn't by itself a perfect system. It can be pushed into unhealthy ranges, but it can also sit in a nice healthy range where everyone benefits. And there's few, and it's the moderate, the least amount of losers and, and the least amount of people to, to miss out on opportunities. And it can get pushed into too far of obviously Soviet Union, labor market stagnation and um, uh, too far the other way. But uh, the, the thing about it is, is that it's if it gets too far, I think anything can get pushed into an unhealthy range. Right. And um, that's just my opinion on it. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's um, it just seems that way when you're talking about these kind of huge distortions that are way different than they even used to be a few years ago. Um, I, th- I think we should uh, end it on this topic. Otherwise we're going to go another hour. For sure. Easily. I'm going to go help get the kiddos ready for bed. Sounds good. Um, Alex Howard and I were talking about, we need to do this every week. Oh yeah, for sure. If we could do it consistently. Damn, you know yeah, what I mean? We'll, we'll always start off talking about our business that we're doing together, and then we can jump into the pod. I'm looking at some pretty significant properties here, and they're like, 
nine million, and this is in Nevada and Reno and stuff, like nine million stuff like that. But uh, you know, that's that's you pay that one time, and then the next year you get another ten mil, including ta- you know minus taxes. Then you get the next year you get another ten mil. Like how many do you, these do you need? And that's these kind of distortions that it's just unhealthy, unhealthy. So I'll but tell absolutely. you a quick a cool thing today that I did as, when I left Alex or Howard. So Alex, remember how I told you I had that client that I was like, I'm going to do this work for free and for a long-term thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a meeting with that client today, and I showed him a $10 million home, and then I showed him an $8 million home, and he texted me this evening, put in that offer for me on the $8 million home. Ooh. And don't get me wrong, this house. Oh, so here's the cool thing. The amount of money that he's going to be making just this year alone by him moving from California to the great state that we live in, his the tax the money he'll save on the income tax mm-hmm. in California alone is going to pay for this house. Oh my god! Holy shit! That's California yeah. taxes. That's gross, dude. There's oh another god. distortion right there. So, exactly. so gross. Uh huh. Yeah. And this house is gorgeous, man. I'm like, man, one day. Is that the M- MMA cool. fighter? That MMA fighter? He's not MMA. He's a professional oh. boxer. Oh, okay. And Nevada totally oh, is a non-income tax, and they talk about, oh, you can't even pave the roads without it. Well, Nevada's not doing too bad without it. I'd yeah. say it's pretty lean and mean. Seems to be doing okay. The roads aren't, I mean, they're great, but. They're getting worse, but yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like they're, they're uh, dirt roads. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The roads at least. Yeah. yeah. The roads. And uh so yeah. but yeah, like nine million, you know, ten million, like dudes paying ten million house, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm sure there's much more expensive houses. This is just Zillow, but um yeah. either way, you know, they don't need this this much, you know. I really I, I really I think and uh, that would help a lot. But that's just one example of many where we should go through these and try to highlight some of these things um where uh, any economy is both government mandates as well as people's behaviors and um, decisions and policies, the two to come together in the middle, and that's called the economy. We should uh, highlight both of them because both have uh, room to improve, not just oh, yeah. the government, not just it's just all the people's fault. It's neither. It's both. We could do, we could do better. Yeah, we got to unravel everything that's intertwined because too often people will say, well, well, I would just do this. It's just this, like, yeah. So many things are intertwined that mm-hmm. we gotta get it. The nuance. We gotta cure it all, not just one symptom, one symptom, one symptom. Absolutely, it feels psychologically good for some reason to just blame it on one thing or take one super pill or whatever, but it never works like that. It just simply doesn't work like that. Yeah, like when someone sends you a link, just have the rich people pay more Social Security, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I wish it was that simple, and then Lord of yeah. the Rings and fairies. And- <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Elon, pay more on Social Security. That'll fix our debt problem. And oh, also, the, you know, as much as that is as the abysmal rate of people actually when they're told to save, they don't. Uh, these those kind of things meet halfway in the middle, you know. So, sure, yeah. they could pay more, but also people take take control of your own lives and don't blame others for things and decisions that you are doing. Man up. Grab the bootstraps and... Uh, do that as well with those two getting improved then the economy will improve not just one magic pill of uh tax the rich or whatever the new thing is <laughs> all right guys well i'm gonna head out hell yeah uh, let's do it again this week thanks for watching the high mark podcasts yes <laughs> i'm just right. alex flanagan oh, ty slash howard flanagan
This was episode next two, and it was fucking good. If you guys didn't <laughs> like it, don't try episode three. Like, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> and uh, if you're an economist, if you're economist, uh, try to give us some points on what we were talking about. Yeah, tell us what we're wrong yeah, about. DM us, and we'll feature you. Exactly. Right on. Peace, fellas. All right, guys. I'll see you.